Oh, man. How do you like that? I'll be 64 in, in June this summer, and uh, you didn't think I was a day over 62, did you? I'm Pastor Al Santos. I pastor a church outside of St. Louis over in Illinois by the east, on the east side of the river. I've, Pam and I have been there coming on 36 years. That's a long time. That's a long time. But what's really beautiful about a long time is it goes by fast, and you look back and you see how everything has changed, how you have changed. That's a whole nother message in itself. But I want to share this morning about essentials, and it is about faith. Before I get into the word, I want to thank Pastor Josh and his wife for inviting me to One Hope and be a part of his life as we met some years ago. And I always describe Pastor Josh as a very intentional, intense kind of guy. And he just kind of goes full go, but you got to love his wife. He is today what he is because of the Lord, because his par parents did a, great, day, a great, great job mentoring him and raising him, and then came along Amber. That guy, way out of his field, way out of his field. Whenever you meet Miss Amber, she is amazing. She knows how to keep him kind of corralled, and it might be like herding uh, cats with a switch, and that's another story too. But we just thank you for being here. And as I share about faith, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. When I see that word re rewards and seek, it's kind of like uh, rewards bring the investment. And the investment brings the rewards. As we seek him, as we get to know him, as we grow in our faith, as we start to take on his likeness more than ours, as we take steps of faith. In the world we live in today, it's uh, really tough, and I'm not telling you anything different. Majority of us have faced things that have really challenged us to the edge. We have been in a season where we wonder when it's going to stop, and how did it ever begin? And we're in a place now where we, we feel helpless, but faith in God this essential will help us to see the absolute of knowing God. That when we invest, when we are a part of him, when we seek him, the reward is that he guides us and directs us into all faith. When we look into this whole faith area in life, it is challenging us to realize that God, pleasing God faith is saying yes to him. It is saying yes to what he wants. Once again, as pastor said, 40 years of uh, marriage, ministry, uh, goes by fast. My uh, grandmother lived to be 101, and I got to be there at her 100th birthday. Have you ever been to someone's 100th birthday? And we come in, and we see her, a small group of us, and I say to Granny, I say, Granny, does life go faster the older you get? And she said to me, son, it seems like it's Christmas every other month. At 64, it seems like it's Christmas about every three to four months now, and I'm sure it picks up some. All of a sudden, you find yourself in a place, and you look around, wherever you're at right now, in your front room, or drinking coffee, eating Cheerios, running around making pancakes and fried bacon, and you're looking at your spouse saying, hey, listen to that guy, he wants some bacon and pancakes and fried eggs. And, 
is that it really seems that when you look at each other, how fast it has gone by and how fast it will keep moving. James gives us the best warning in James chapter 4, verse 14. He says this. He said, life is a vapor. The Greek writer says a mist. And all of a sudden it is uh, gone. When we look over life and we see how fast it can go and we look at faith, we look at faith is four points that I want to share with you this morning. Believing when I don't see it is the first one. Believing when I don't see it. Paul writes in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, faith is the, is the substance, the things of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is believing when I don't see it. In the world we live in today, and as you go different places, and you want to keep believing. And what happens with our keeping believing is we kind of lose a little bit momentum. Or we lose this inertia to keep going forward. And the whole time Paul is saying to us, come back to this belief. This belief that faith is belief, believing, even when I don't see it, means that belief is to trust, rely, adhere to, put total trust in, and faith. When we look at this whole impossibility time, sometimes it is realizing that this faith is, even when I don't see it, this whole believing. The writer of Psalms, chapter 139, gives us a clue of what takes place. He says to us, when we're lonely, God's really our comfort. When we feel left out, he's the one that pulls us in. When, we feel, when we're hurting, he's our counselor. When we feel like we've been betrayed, he's our faithful friend. He goes on to say in verses 7 through 9, though I go to the high, the writer says, even though I go to the highest heaven, God, you are there. When I go to the lowest hell, you are there. When I walk down the street, you are there. When I am talking to friends and walking through disappointments and hurts they've gone through, or going through a celebration with them like they've never experienced before, you are there. No matter what I go through, no matter where I am, I can believe this faith is believing when I don't, when I don't see it. When it isn't happening as fast as I'd like for it to happen, when it isn't uh, coming together as fast as I'd like to have it come together, I'm a bit of, uh, after 40 years of marriage, Pam and I coming on 41, September 1, I'll have to say that I have a whole lot more patience than she does. I, I can, uh, You don't know me, but I'm pretty impatient. I'm, uh, I, I don't totally blow the horn when I'm in traffic all the time, but every once in a while I have to just... And do you ever have people that pass you and they look at you like they wanted to see what somebody like you really looks like in the way you drive? Me, I'm not, I don't speed, so they go past me a lot looking to see what is wrong with that guy. And we live up where it snows, and uh, I have a car that is kind of a popsy car because I'm a grandpa, and whenever you get in the ice, they kind of stay away from you. Not God, he's right up in there with me. And that's the beauty of when you don't, see it, you can believe, believing when you don't see it, that faith is, that no matter what situation, circumstance you're in, God doesn't distance himself because of age, because of experience, because education or lack thereof, age or young or old. He doesn't distance himself when, th when life gets a little s slippery. He wants us to keep believing, even though we don't 
see it happening at the pace we want it to go. The second one is obeying when I don't, don't understand it. Obeying when I don't understand it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he had, was called, to, called, obeyed, and went forth to the place which he was destined to receive an inheritance. He obeyed. This obeying becomes a kind of an interesting challenge in life. Who do you obey and at what time? When it becomes believing when I don't see it and obeying when I don't understand it, it becomes this whole trust that I just need to wait on God a little bit. Saul became that person who, when you read 1 Samuel 15, he was a guy that didn't get the crown because he didn't obey. And in verse 22, one statement that we hear quite a bit in our following Christ is this, to obey is better than sacrifice. I love doing uh, men's events, and I was at a men's event one time, and there was a speaker I wanted to hear because I had read all of his books and every book to me is like a uh, journal, and I journal the things that speak to me, and sometimes when I read those books over and over again. So I went to hear this guy, Edwin Lewis Cole. He's gone on to be with the Lord now. Tremendous men's speaker, tremendous speaker. And uh, someone probably 35, 40 years older than me at the time, and I had a friend who was close to him, and he brought me backstage to meet him, and it was quite an experience. And whenever I meet somebody, I ask people a lot of times, no matter what their age they are, what is one thing you can share with me that'll help me the rest of my life as a follower in Christ? So I was able to have a few moments with him, and I said to him, Dr. Cole, what is one thing you would share with me that would help me the rest of my life? I've been pastoring at that time, pastoring the church for about 20 years. I said, what's one thing you would help a guy like me the rest of my life? He said this, Sometimes we try to make up and sacrifice what we lost in disobedience. To obey is better than sacrifice. I will never forget looking at that older, legacy, scholarly, go-to kind of guy, the kind of guy that I want to be when I get older, as I age, is this. To Sometimes we make up, we try to make up and sacrifice what we lost because of disobedience. How many times have we come to God and we're believing and we're obeying and we realize we disobeyed? Maybe you've distanced yourself from God right now. Maybe sitting right there, no one else in your family know. Maybe you've just detached from the church and watching online makes it a little bit easier. Maybe in your whole walk, you wonder, God, where are you really? And he's right there because obeying him, obeying him is better than any sacrifice we can give. When we look at this challenge of sacrifice, maybe you caught yourself like a friend of mine who said to me, Pastor, I'll pray for me because if God will just work this out, I'll do anything God wants me to do. And I said to him, okay, be ready because God's going to work this out. God is truly going to work this out. Be ready to answer the call. And maybe you're in the same place where you prayed and you said, God, I need you to help me. I need you to help me get back to be like Abraham, that it would obey no matter where you were sending him. He didn't know really where he was going. A guy told me some years ago, he said, 
Whenever you can't trace where God is taking you, you got to trust where he's going. When we talk about obedience, when I talk about obedience, so I looked at him and about 30 days went by, he called me, he said, it worked out just the way I asked God. I said, here's the question. Are you going to let God work in you deeper by being obedient now? Sometimes we do that in giving. God, I'll give more, I'll give more. Give me out of this fine. I'll give more, I'll give more. And God gets us out and we don't follow through. The challenge for you right now, sitting in your front room, maybe looking at your car at an app or sitting in an office somewhere watching this service on this beautiful Sunday is that you uh, have challenged God and God met the need and you, you just kept, kept going doing your own thing. Then he comes back and he says to me, the Holy Spirit dealt with me, kind of this, uh, let me call it this, this inner coach, the Holy Spirit, said, said, to, said to him, he said, just surrender. It is about believing. It is about obeying. It is about surrendering. Hebrews 11, 11 says, faithful is he who promised that we can rely on him. 2 Peter 1, 4 says, great, great are his promises. What we're relying on obeying on is his promises because he brings us to a place we couldn't go ourselves. And remember, he's working all of our tomorrows today. I catch myself wanting to fix tomorrow and the whole time it is today. I catch myself trying to be obedient and God, the past, no, it's bringing it back. Today is the day the Lord has made. And what does he say to us to do? Rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice and be glad in it. Because you get to enjoy this day for what it is, what he's saying, what he's doing. When lonely, he's our companion. When we're hurting, he's our healer. When we're lost, he's our counsel. He gets us there. And he gets us to the right place. Believing, obeying the third one. The third one comes down to it's persisting even when I don't feel like it. This persistence, this persistence is this whole believing, obeying, sticking with it. This persistence in Hebrews chapter 11, 20, 27 says this. It was by faith that Moses left Egypt and was not afraid of the king's anger. He held his purpose like a man who could see the invisible. It is when we are guided to this place where we see this invisible God that can do anything that can bring it about. Mark 4 tells a story. Here comes a dad. It says, Jesus, could you heal my, my son? Jesus looked at him and said to him, uh, He's healed. Do you believe? Do you believe? He said, yes, I believe, but help my unbelief. He's pulling it all together for us that faith is this persistence in your believing, this persistence in your obeying, this persistence when you and I realize even more that when we can be honest enough and say, I'm having a hard time believing right now, that he says persistently see that I am right there. It is persisting, persisting, even when I don't feel like it. Maybe you don't feel like you want to be married anymore, but I got news for you. You are. You are married. Wake up and smell the cappuccino. You're married. It, it, you're married. These kids... Home all day. Now all summer. Why did the grandparents move away? 
They didn't. You moved away from them. Our kids moved all the way to Tucson, Arizona. But it really is this persistence. It is life at a level of commitment that we go beyond feeling. Because if we thought that relationships were just going to be easy, relationships can get messy. Any kind of relationship. Every relationship. What is the persistence right now that you've been trying to believe, you've been trying to obey, you've been trying to say, Lord, help my unbelief. I want to give you a challenge in your own heart, in your own life, where you are. Is this whole commitment is, do you want to, after it's all said and done, be a much more mature version of what God wants you to be? Or will you and I settle for an imitation called immaturity that doesn't really get me to where I want to be in life? Tough question on a Sunday morning. Even a tougher answer for you to think about. It comes down to surrender. Maybe you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe you need to, you do, but you need to improve your prayer life. You need to improve your uh, Bible reading life. Now we have no excuse anymore because on our cell phone we have the verse we have where we can get the Bible on there. And this morning, I couldn't sleep. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning. And so I hit the Psalm button, and I hit Psalm 91. And when I woke up, I read all the way, after about four hours, way into the Bible. I thought, my Bible reading's done. No, no, no. It just was a cleansing for me to hear the Bible. But we can read every day. What will it take to spend 15 minutes of prayer reading the Word, of worship and then doing life warfare that we think through that we need to do. This five, 15 minutes, three different things. When we start to read the word, when we worship for a while, then we get ready for warfare. We get ready to meet the world. It comes by the persistence of saying, I must do it all the way. When I turned 60, one of the determined things I wanted to do is to finish my master's degree, which thank God for my wife that was uh, helping me. When I walked across there to get my diploma, I thought maybe I should have piggybacked her across the stage with me, you know? <laughs> but it is that uh, because she couldn't piggyback me because she carried me. Come on, Pam, fast! But it became this beauty of I made it, but I ran this uh, marathon. And I found out that running this marathon, it really comes down to putting one foot in front of the other. When I ran this marathon, it was about staying with it, even when I didn't feel like it. When I ran this marathon, it became, you're too big to be a person that's out here running this kind of race. And my wife, at the end of it, I kind of was in her arms because I came up this hill. And as I was coming up this hill, this guy came up next to me and said, hey, big guy. And I said, you noticed. He said to me, when we go around this corner, marathons end in a little bit of a hill. There'll be a gradual one. Run as hard as you can. I had never done, I have never done a marathon before. I did some half marathons. And I took off running. That guy was laughing the whole way because my legs started to cramp up and do all that kind of stuff because I had been jogged. And I made a, and I fell into Pam's arms and she said to me, baby, never again. Never again will you run this. But what I found out from that guy that told me to run as fast as you can is, even when you're going through pain, stay persistent with the race, with the plan. 
even when you feel like quitting, even when people quit that had more potential, had the right size, had everything else, even though they had those things, keep running. Because as you keep running, as you keep going forward, then you will see that God is going to do something better that you can do, not do on your own. It is this persistence. Persistence. It's those times when we feel all alone. Pam and I, we uh, enjoy adventures. I'm a little bit more cautious than her. I'm a bit of a rule follower. She's a bit of a press the rules a little bit. Uh, maybe that's why she married me, because it was pressing the rules. But she became so, uh, so much that she just loves doing scuba diving. I'm okay with scuba diving. I did the course. I completed it. It was for her. I went a few times because it was for her. I would, but I didn't. So we, we would go on these cruises, and we go on cruises to go on, be able to go scuba diving. So Pam could, so we hang around. So this one day, we said, let's go, well, let's ride a Hobie cat. Well, there was two other couples that came with us. They were both about 20 years older than us. And uh, in going with this, this, these couples, we wanted to go ride a Hobie cat. Well, we got over there to where they would give you the lessons. We got there too late because we have never, we've never done anything like that before. And so here comes this guy, James, older gentleman who was with us. And he said to me, he said, what are you guys trying to do? He said, we want to ride one of these Hobie cats. It is uh, two pontoons with a canvas, and then it has this big sail, and you sit on the canvas like a trampoline, and you ride out to wherever you're going, sailing. And so we uh, said, that's what we want to do. So he goes over and talks to the guy. He tells him he can sail it. This guy's a brilliant guy. And uh, so we get on the Hobie Cat, and we take off. We get out there, and it's this aqua like this bluish green water. You could see the bottom. You could see, I was waiting for a shark to come by and hear the Jaws music and here's dinner, me. And here, here they never came and I was thankful God heard that prayer. And, and uh, so we were out there and he's taking us and he tips it a little bit here, tips it, not a whole lot, not like going like this because I would have been dinner, but it was just a little bit here and there. It was a great experience for, for us and we had the time of our lives and this guy was this. And then he turned around as he came back, the, the mast, the sail tore just a little at the top. It started to flap a little bit. And the guys on the jet skis, we were the last ones out there, looked like they were going to come tow us back, and he waved them back. He said, he's got it. This old gentleman took us out then a little bit further, started moving the, the master back and forth, what do you call it, tacking back and forth until he got the thing moving, and then all of a sudden he took us out a little further, and I'm thinking to myself, the sail is ripping, and he's going to come, and, but it stayed like this, and he turned it around, he brought us back in, landed it in the shore. We were walking across the beach, and we said, James, that was, that was fantastic, that was unbelievable, that was great, and then for the sail to rip something, and he stopped us. He was a business leader in our community, and he said to us this, he said, remember in life, then when your sail is ripped a little bit, turn around and go back into the wind and catch the wind again. Right there, you are, maybe life has become a little ripped, bankruptcy, hurt, disappointment. Things aren't going just right. And your persistency is this. This is for you and for me. Catch the wind again. Even though things look they're gonna, like they're ripped, remember this. 
the Holy Spirit, God himself, is, gonna, is especially interested in each one of us. He, do, he will not love us any more or any less than he does right now. He is very interested in you. And no matter what kind of promises you made to him that you didn't keep, he's always kept his. Even though when I didn't show up or you didn't show up, he has. Or maybe been showing up all the time, being consistent, being a disciple, intentional living. And it's not turning out. It's time for faith is being persistent. Being persistent when I don't feel like running that race anymore. The finish line is too far. The sail is ripped. When I don't feel, when Moses was out there and he left Egypt and there was nowhere to, and all these people complaining and he was there to help them. When it looks like it's impossible for us, it is very possible for God. Number four, it is the whole obeying. It is the uh, believing, it is the persistence. It is thanking God before I receive it. Thanking God before I receive it, the exodus, the story we hear about Jericho out of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them seven days. Seven days. Seven days when we needed to be thankful. Let's pause for a moment. Not only on this Memorial Day are we thankful for those who fought for us, gave their lives, paid the ultimate price. But we need to be thankful for those folks that are right around the room with us. We need to be thankful for those folks that have showed up when everybody else didn't. When those people walked, those people walked in the room of our life and other people walked out. What about being thankful to God, thankful, to, thanking God before I even receive it? When God re redirects our lives, here's a thought for you. When we showed up for the school called Life and God signed us up for a class we did not sign up for, faith is thanking God. Because what, takes, what happens today is only preparing us for each step. We're either, we're either fixing, that's a Louisiana term, a guy from Cleveland, Ohio has to really think about, we're either fixing to go through a tough time in the middle of a tough time or at the end of a tough time. I love the end of a tough time, but it's the fixing in the middle that gets you, gets us all thankful for the lessons learned. What is the class? You signed up for school. And the guidance council of the Holy Spirit said, this is a class you, you need to take. Well, I didn't sign up for that class. This is a class you need to take. And it's one that's going to change your life. It is thanking before it ever happens. When God redirects our lives, so the story is about the children of Israel. They're walking around the walls of Jericho. You know the story for six days. They told them, don't say a word. And the seventh day, when the wall comes down, we're going to shout. We're going to go wild. We're going to say all kinds of great things. The reason being is, in the midst of our silence, we listen better. I have on the back of my phone, a little saying called WAIT, W-A-I-T. And what that stands for is this. Why am I talking? It's what they found out marching around that wall is why am I talking? Wait on the Lord. Take some time to listen. And as the walls of Jericho and they marched, marched around him, he said, be silent. Why is that? Because... You and I might whisper each other, why are we doing this? 
I can't believe we came here. I can't believe that this is happening. Why are we, this makes no sense. When is lunch? When's dinner? When's our snack? And when are we gonna get to watch our show we wanted to see? And we catch ourselves, if we're not careful, it is thanking God before we receive it, is that he built a thankful heart into him because the end command was to celebrate. The big command for this day is celebrate. And to take a moment and ask yourself just to wait. Why am I talking? And that is the wait. Hebrews chapter 11 says, When you pray and you ask anything, believe and you will receive it, what, I'm, what you ask for. It becomes a trusting God, relying on him, listen to him, the total relying on him, asking him. Some years ago, Pam and I, you think about when you speak to this mountain, he says in Mark 11, when you say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into sea, get out of the way. Well, to speak to a mountain, you got to identify and look at it and know that it's there. Pam and I had a real blessing uh, some years ago to go to Tanzania. And when you go to Tanzania, if you ever get a chance to go, it's a very beautiful country in Africa, and you fly into uh, Kilimanjaro Airport, and the whole time you're meeting people that we met 22 people on the plane that were going to hike Kilimanjaro. And I thought to myself, that's what I'd like to do someday. So we uh, were talking to them. We get out and we kept looking for this mountain called Kilimanjaro. So we got some Tanzania folks were with us and uh, we started to ask them about Kilimanjaro. We started to ask about this great mountain. We asked if they ever hiked it. And they talked about the altitude, how high it is. They said, if you see it while you're here, you're really blessed because very seldom do you see it because of the clouds that settle close to the bottom of it. It's so gigantic. In your life, you're saying there's a mountain there. Man, Hal, there is a mountain in my life and you're saying for me to speak to it? Yes. I'm saying to speak to it by the grace of God. It is believing. It is believing when you, when you don't see it. It is obeying when you don't quite understand it. And it is about persistence when I just don't feel like it. And it is about thanking before I even receive it. It is about being still and know that he is God. And when he speaks of something to your mountain, he's going to teach us to see that it wasn't the mountain that really was the challenge. It was an obstacle that taught us obedience to let his word keep speaking to us. And life goes on to a greater life of following him, of following him. Life application. Where do we go from here? This is where we go. Are you facing something bigger than the virus that's happening in our world? Not just in an area, not just in a part of a country, all over the world. Are you facing something that is bigger? Are you facing something that has kind of revealed you to you? Are you facing something that's really hard to overcome? It is faith in God can move your Kilimanjaro. It can move your life. It can put a new wind in your sail. It can keep you in a race where you put one foot in front of the other. It is about faith is. I want to pray for you to accept Christ or even come back to Christ. As you read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35 through 40, it talks about all these people who gave their lives, who surrendered, who made this thing with God to say, God, I'll do whatever you want to do, and God does it, and then he brings surrender. What is it that 
in your life you've been uh, making up in sacrifice what you lost in disobedience? What is it in life that you say, God, I just really need to get this right. I need to get right today because this is the day of salvation for you. Let's pray right there in your living room or wherever you are. If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, 1 John 1, 9 says, If I confess my sin, he's faithful and just. Forgive me of all my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. He forgives me. He removes it. Isaiah says, from the east to the west, in other words, never to be seen again, never to be brought up. We don't have to keep saying we're sorry. It's done. It's completed. It's in Christ. And our confidence is in him. So what is it in your quiet time of prayer? You might want to gather your family together. Maybe you're there with your, your, your spouse, significant other, and you just ask each other, Have you ever accepted Christ? Or maybe you have, and let's come back right now as he prays. And the prayer goes like this. I encourage you to pray it out loud. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to forgive me my sins. Come live in my life. Be my Savior. Help me to live this life I can't live on my own. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, church, let's thank God for an incredible message to stir our faith. And thank you, Pastor Howe, for sharing with us today. As we close, if you prayed to connect with God, would you text my decision to 94253? We want to send you a free gift in the mail this week. It's really important to take this step of faith. And so text my decision to 94253 right now. Also, if you'd like to give, please click on the giving tab on our homepage or text to give today at the number on the screen. Your giving is making a huge difference. One of our biggest needs as a nation during this pandemic is feeding those who are hungry. And because of your faithful giving and through our partnership with Convoy of Hope and the New Orleans Mission, we have surpassed our goal of providing 10 million meals. And we will continue. We will continue to meet the needs around us because of you. And so today, thank you for giving. Thank you for serving to make a difference. Now, as we go, remember, if you want to go deeper in your faith, take the Next Steps class, join a small group, or help your children make it to the kids' church, all right? If you need anything, we're here to help, so let's pray as we go. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to give and to make a difference. Today, I pray, Lord, whether we give small or whether we give in big ways, I pray that we would reap what we have sown into your field. I pray that there would be a tremendous return on investment. God, thank you for the opportunity to give and thank you for blessing us in big ways to make a difference. We thank you for that now in Jesus' mighty name. We all said amen. Amen. Well, I love you so much and I'll be back next Sunday for the next installment of the Signature of God. I hope you can join us. Have a great day.